great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I had a uh, fabulous time today filling in for America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. He had the day off. And as I said during the, the mayor's program, I really believe all these years later, New York could still learn a awful lot from Rudy Giuliani. And I really believe that Mayor Adams should pick up the phone. I understand Giuliani's a, a Republican and Adams is a Democrat. And it may be somewhat embarrassing to, to, to cross uh, party lines, but it would point to a maturity, a political mature, maturity to a discipline uh, to call up Mayor Giuliani and say, how do we clean up this city? The city has to be cleaned up. So the first thing, I, I have a lot on my mind this morning, and I want you folks to stay with me, and um, we'll be talking to each other over the course of the hour. Of course, we are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So the first thing uh, that has me a bit disturbed uh, of course, we're still dealing with the Christina Yuna Lee, the Asian-American woman stabbed more than 40 times. A homeless man has uh, been arrested. And the memorial, the makeshift memorial outside her apartment where this homeless man apparently snuck in behind her, that makeshift memorial has been vandalized. And I don't get it. I don't understand. We must stand with the Asian American community. It is awful what they have been going through for months. The subway crimes, the the attacks on the streets of uh of New York, right? People literally sucker punched, being pushed in front of trains. And it has to stop. And that's where the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, that's where his energy should be on crime and not complaining about his media coverage. As I said last night when we discussed this for the full hour Mr. Mayor, when you go there on race, you cannot win. You have opened a can of worms, and you, you can't win. And so we'll get to that in just a minute or so. But where I want to start, on this program, we have talked a lot about crime. And here's how you make the change. There's a lesson for New York in terms of what recently happened in San Francisco, California. In San Francisco, right? So what just happened? In a landslide, three members of the Board of Education are gone. A recall election and the voters got rid of them. The voters in San Francisco got rid of three members of the school board. Why? You already know why. You already know what I'm about to tell you because of woke politics. And more than 70% of voters in San Francisco supported the recall of each member. They are going to be replaced now, and the mayor... London Breed uh, will decide uh, who the um, 
new school board members are. So, Dominic, why are you talking about San Francisco? Because this recall, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. If politicians want to pander, you must take action via the ballot box. Don't tell me that, oh, well, you know, in New York City, it's run overwhelmingly by Democrats. You can't make a change. Okay, I I get it, and I understand elections may not be for some time, and I understand for the Manhattan District Attorney, he's not up for re-election until four years from now. But this is the only thing that politicians understand. And so this recall, make no mistake about it, is a victory for parents who were angry that the district in San Francisco spent time deciding whether to rename a third of its schools last year instead on focusing on reopening them after uh, COVID-19. A large amount of Asian Americans turned out in San Francisco. Why? Because the school board, they were, in, they were incensed because the school board introduced a lottery admission system for one of their high schools, Lowell High School. It's uh, the district's most prestigious institution, abolishing requirements primarily based on grades and test scores. Sounds familiar? Stuyvesant High School, the same thing that we're dealing with here in New York. So, folks, there is a lesson to be learned this morning from San Francisco recalling three members of their Board of Education. You may say, well, not necessarily a big deal. It is a big deal. If politicians don't represent you the way you want them to represent you, get rid of them. One person, one vote. I'm sure in San Francisco, they didn't believe they would be successful with this recall effort. And of course, there is still the recall effort of the district attorney in San Francisco. That is coming up relatively soon. I believe June is the recall for the district attorney in uh, San Francisco. So let's now get to the other topic at hand. We discussed this during uh, Mayor Giuliani's show, and that is uh, Mayor Adams. And uh, the, the mayor says that the media covering him a different prism because he's African-American, that his story is being interpreted by people who don't look like him. Well, one of the reasons why he shouldn't do what he did is because the mayor released his planned budget today. And do you hear me or any other journalist talking about his budget? Absolutely not. We're talking about the issue of race. And the mayor is the one that took us there. Being mayor of New York requires tremendous discipline. Staying on your agenda. The goodwill has been squandered now by the mayor himself. And that's where we find ourselves. I'm going to your telephone calls in just one second. But something else that I need to point out, at about the time that you and I were having this conversation last night, the mayor had just wrapped up a uh, meeting with uh, so-called drill rappers. And the mayor sat down with them. And uh, you know what? Maybe it's a good thing to have an open door policy and to meet with these uh, with these uh, rappers in which uh, two have been killed thus far this year, drill rap, and Curtis Lee laughs at me because, again, folks, I had no idea what it was. And, um, you know, someone posted online, and, and, and I agree with it on my Twitter account, I agree with this, that maybe those young men, all young men of color, should have had on suits, business suits, when they were going to meet the mayor of New York City last night. So right before last night's show, 
the mayor met with the rappers, drill rappers. So I'm going to play a little bit later after the commercial break what the mayor has to say uh, today. He says that, you know, he didn't bring up the charge of racism. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's start with your uh, telephone calls. Let's start with Pete in Staten Island. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hello, Dominic. Yes, I just want to give you a little breaking news. I'm in Staten Island. I am in a predominantly black area. It's about 90% to 10%. And the black barbershop, about 200 yards from my house, was just robbed. I don't know if anybody was injured. It came over to citizens, and all I heard is police. Now, I want to send a message to our mayor. These people look like you. Protect them, okay, because they are being harmed. They're being harmed real bad. We're breaking robberies without this thing of having bail to let these people out. They come back. Everybody, they do it over and over again because there's no punishment. Well, people mm-hmm. don't do things for fear of punishment. When there's no fear of punishment, you have anarchy. And that's what we're having right now. Thank you, Dominic. And thank you. And I'm sorry uh, for what happened at the... Uh at the uh, African Amer- one of the African American barbershops uh, in Staten Island, and something has to give. But it's not just about protecting people of color. Obviously, it's about protecting all of us, and that is the mayor's primary responsibility. And you know, you want to talk about diversity? Fine, we can talk about diversity. But let's get crime under control first. How about that? Let's deal with the crime issue first. Let's go to uh, Michael in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And apparently, Michael, is this accurate that you are sympathizing with the mayor? Well, uh, I'm I'm trying to be objective about this. Okay. And uh, here, here's what I mean. Um, in 2016, a member of the... Uh, White House Correspondents uh, Association by the name of Bill Press wrote a book. And uh, the title of his book was Buyer's Remorse, How Obama Let Progressives Down. In chapter eight of that book, he talks about race relations. Now think about Mayor uh, uh, Eric Adams and what he said to the press the other day. What Bill Press points out is that Obama was a failure in being what everyone in the liberal progressive camp thought the first black president should be. So he was under tremendous pressure. Hey, Michael, from- Michael, I, I want you to continue your point, but 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 it, but it's somewhat of a, a false narrative here about with the book. Anyone that's the first of anything, your core supporters. This even happened to Nelson Mandela, and it's been written about that your core supporters expect the world and expect for you to deliver to the far extreme, and that's just not realistic. So you can say Obama was a failure in, in perhaps in many areas, but for the p- core progressives to say he didn't deliver enough, that's an argument that's been uh, uh, debated over and over and over when you're the first of anything in any in any office. But please, please get to your point as it relates to Mr. Adams, because I have to move on. Well, uh, we could substitute uh, Adams' name for Obama. This is what Bill Press says, a very short sentence. Obama thoroughly frustrated African-Americans by his reluctance to speak out more strongly on racial issues. And he compares Obama to uh, uh, to um, Jesse Jackson. Okay, I, I got it, Al but, what, what, but what, what is the point, Michael? I, I hear you, but what, what is the point? I need you to tell me what your point is. Well, uh, the point is Eric Adams doesn't dare tell the world that he's being pressured by blacks to be something less than an Uncle Tom in office. 
Okay, I'm I'm a little lost there, but but I thank you for the call, Michael. Um, and 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 Uncle Tom is something that I you know I I don't think we should use those types of uh, terms. And and if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I'm pressured by some African Americans myself, and I've talked about this on the radio because they they feel I'm here. Yes, am I here? ultimately as the result of historically of the civil rights movement of, of African-Americans, whites, Asians, Latinos, historically uh, fighting for people to have opportunities going back to the 50s and 60s? Yes. But the, the, the way I see this, folks, is that I'm here to be objective and to do a job. I'm not here to advocate on behalf of any one group. So, for example, for example, uh, looking at my comments tonight, someone wanted me to discuss the situation in New Jersey, right, which is now moving to be a national story because they, they their point was, oh, uh, and it involves a black and white teenager and and uh, and the police and. And, and I, I'm not going to go into it right now, but but you mentioned you mentioned pressure. There's always pressure when 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 you're a person of color and the demands that that are on you. People reach out to me. Ninety nine percent of the comments are overwhelmingly positive. There's less than one percent that wants me to articulate black issues all the time and to ignore. The negative. So, for example, here's an example, and then I'm going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with all of your telephone calls. I see them. So, for example, black New Yorkers, 24% apparently of New York City's uh, population, account for 65% of its murder victims in 2020 and 75% of shooting victims. There are some people, again, a small minority, that listen to this show and they don't want me to mention those numbers. And then they try and spin it so that uh, it's anything else except for what it is. And we have to, at the end of the day, folks, we have to be honest. And so that's why I can comment with tremendous credibility on what Mayor Adams said. He made a big mistake. And the reason why I can comment on it is because I've been that black journalist for many years, the only one down at City Hall. So when you make the diversity argument, for more than 20 years, I was it. The only the only guy. The only one. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC again. I see all the calls. I'm going to try and get to as many as I can. We'll be right back. I heard you were looking for me. Hello. You know. Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. Three board members of the uh, Board of Education, uh, members in San Francisco, out. Recall election. Voters said, we've had enough of your woke politics. We're done, and so are you. That is the message for New York. That is exactly what needs to happen here. And so the mayor pointed out that the speaker is black, the Senate majority leader is black, and that they basically had a good conversation. This was the point of his contention. But the fact of the matter is, we don't care if they're black. And as a matter of fact, it points to progress of America. The Senate majority leader, again, African-American, the Speaker of the Assembly, African-American. The State Attorney General, African-American. The Mayor of New York City, African-American. 
So don't tell me that America has not made progress. Let's go right back to your telephone calls, uh, and we're also discussing uh, Mayor Adams. I have not talked to him uh, privately in, in, uh, in, in a few weeks or a few months, but if he had reached out to me, I would have said, Mr. Mayor, whatever you do, do not do what he did yesterday. Because I would have said to him, Mr. Mayor, it will overshadow all of your agenda and the topic of race. We all know you're black. It's going to follow you for a very, very long time and not in a positive way. Let's go to Jeffrey in Connecticut. Good morning, Jeffrey. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic, at 1225, which is my birthday, as a matter of fact. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! 1225, which is Christmas Day. Oh, okay. Right on. So so, so go right ahead. All right, I wanted to say, um, the comments that were made today by the mayor, uh, it, it has to be, well, not only is it outrageous to say that the reason why you're getting criticism, or he's getting criticism, is because of the racial makeup of the press pool, but it has to be insulting. It has to be insulting to every African-American that suddenly, you know, it's not the fact that I'm not performing. It's not the fact that I've had several police officers, you know, shot at and and killed over the last six weeks. It's the fact that I'm African-American and that's what the problem is. I'm sorry. That is the reaction of a child. What say you, Dominic? Uh, the mayor, The mayor. I thank you for the call, Jeffrey. As I just indicated uh, and said directly, the mayor made a big mistake. When you're the mayor of New York, it's very easy to let your ego get the best of you. That's why mayors often have a political consultant who will check their ego and whose sole primary responsibility is to put them in check when they get out of line. I don't know who that person is for Mayor Adams. And again, now on the diversity front, he is correct that there needs to be people of color and based on qualifications, folks, because I feel that um, we're at the day and age where we really don't need to say that because everyone should be qualified for the position uh, that they hold. So there does does need to be, uh, and and again, let me just say this, folks, in in defense of Adams. And, okay, (laughs) you are listening to, whether it's on the app, or or on the radio, I am one of the sole journalists of color that have been down at City Hall since 1985. I can't think of any other uh, journalist that's, that's been there full time. And if that's the case, and if I'm correct, there's something very, very wrong with that. But, I don't think that the mayor, particularly a mayor, Jeffrey, that has received glowing press coverage should start whining two months in. We don't care about your race. Get the damn job done. And if I can go a step further and be completely blunt and honest with you folks, for my for my cup of tea, I'll pass on the meeting with the drill rappers. I'd rather you go to a roll call at a police station and embrace police officers and go tell them that you've got their back. Or how about a late night news conference updating us tick tock tick tock tick tock on when we can see these new police units, undercover units, if you will, when we're going to see them out on the street. So I, on or for my cup of tea, I would rather 
see and hear the mayor. I'm, I'm not trying to say that the meeting with the drill rappers is not important, but for right now, let's get crime under control. And then if you want to meet with these rappers and whatever they are, and then, then that's, that's, that's on you. Let's go to uh, Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Yeah, good morning. All right, as far as the uh, mayor appointing three more people, he'll appoint the same type of people that were gotten rid of. So, so he did, nothing was gained. Now, let me tell you something that's worse, worse than the crime in the city and worse than the homeless, something that will destroy this country, the worst thing that you can imagine. It all started when a group of black students in college went to the dean and they said, we no longer want to share a dorm with white students. We want our own dorm. We want a, a segregated dorm. The dean didn't want to do it. He said, that, that's terrible. That's segregation. But okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, Michael. Which school are you referring to? And I've always been against. Uh, I, I think that all kids, I, I, one of my jobs in college was a dorm director. And so I believe in full integration. But what school are you referring to? Columbia. I Columbia, believe they're doing okay. it in Harvard. They, they said a number of them. You can check it. Mm-hmm. They do, the dean didn't want to do it. Now, wait, uh, let me finish. Then they said, okay, we, we, we want our own dorms. Then they said, we want our own black dean. We cannot talk to a white dean. We want to have our own. And they said there was a college, a university that said, okay, we'll have a black dean for the black students. And I, I find that, I, I got to be honest, Michael, I find that very hard to believe. That's how ridiculous it is. I, I, I just can't believe that. I, I could see naive young college kids uh, saying that they want, uh, you know, an African-American dean. But for a school to give in to those types of demands is absolutely ridiculous. So may, maybe you could present some evidence to me of this, but I find this all very hard to believe. And you can check what happened tonight. It spread to the high school. In Seattle, there was a school that the, the board, the uh, school board, said to the parents at a meeting, Black parents have said, we no longer feel comfortable being with white parents. We want to have meetings where it's only black parents, and then you should have a meeting with white. It was on the news tonight. You can check it. And believe it or not, the parents, the white parents started screaming, are you out of your mind? But they said, the black parents said they feel uncomfortable. Now, what's going to happen? Eventually, they'll say, we want separate classes for black students and separate classes for white. We want separate bathrooms. This can destroy this country. What are we going back to the days of segregation? Is that what this country is made of? One correction, not can, it will destroy this country if we, if we go down, uh, down that path. Um, uh, You know, all all I can tell you, Michael, is that, um, and from my days as a dorm director at the colleges that I worked, now this is again, going back to the to the 80s. So I'm, you know, I'm completing my undergraduate studies. I'm trying to find a way to pay for graduate school at Syracuse University. And uh, they they had very strict rules. And so oftentimes, this is a true story. Uh, you, you would have uh, some white students and then you'd have some black students and then they find out they're in the room together. And occasionally I would have some white parents that would come to me. Now imagine this, Michael, they're coming to the African-American dorm director, me, to say they don't feel comfortable with their kid uh, uh, rooming with a, a kid of color. And so they would, they would try, and, uh, try and disguise it and so on. But, but we had a firm rule, uh, and, which was passed down to me, and that if it was along racial lines that the, the opposition do not change the rooms. And so it was part of the learning experience to make kids uh, live in the same dorm, whether they liked it, same room, whether they liked it or not. And as a matter of fact, when I was at Morrisville, they even went so far as to have uh, wings that were co-ed. So, so like in room 101, you may have male students. In room 102, you may have female students. And so I, I just, Michael, I just, it saddens me. I, I want, I, I believe you. I believe you what you're telling me. But see, and, and this is why, this is another reason why 
I would have told Mayor Adams, even if you're frustrated with your press coverage, don't go there. Because once you go to the topic of race, it takes the scab off. And then we're having discussions like we're having now. And the mayor, for his part, says, wait, 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 I, I, I didn't say racism. I didn't say racism. But come on, Mr. Mayor, you all but said racism. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Don in Hopewell, New York. Good morning, Don. And what's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Go right ahead, please. Uh, I think we're in big trouble. I think we're in big trouble in this country. And uh, uh, I don't think Eric Adams would listen to anything you would tell him, to be honest with you. No, I think think he would. Uh, The the Eric Adams I know, he's a very strong-willed individual. And he believes in doing things his way. But but if I had spoke to him, I would have said to him, Mr. Mayor, you're, you're you're about to make a big mistake. Learn from Dinkins. Keep it quiet. Don't say anything about race. But go ahead, Don. Well, I don't think Eric Adams cares what the people of New York think, number one. I think he's got his mind made up already. I think he's a bigot. Uh, The first thing he did in office was allow 800,000 people who were not even citizens to vote in New York City, which to me is un-American. And uh, as far as I know... uh, all that legislation was was defeated in our last election in November, the one, three, and five ballots or whatever they were, whatever numbers they were, uh, you know, with the Voting Rights Act and all. It was all defeated, and then New York City quickly brought their own legislation up to pass it. And, you know, uh, Eric Adams, the first thing he did was sign it into law saying it's okay. So now you you have all people who, who are not even citizens of this country living in New York City can go and vote. New York I, City I, I don't, hey Don, I, I don't support that. And uh, in fairness to the mayor, he did voice opposition to it. Now you will say at best it was token opposition and maybe that's the case. But, um, you know, I, 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 I have a hard time uh, supporting that. And, and it, it, uh, it's, it sends all the wrong messages. Thank you for the call, Don. It sends the message that, you know, you got here illegally and and we, we're still going to um, to let you vote. And I, I just think that's wrong. To our friend Jeremiah in the Bronx, good morning. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Dominique. Uh, I just got a quick question. I'd like to know why, why are the Chinese-American uh, people here in this country, right now, or in this city, particularly being attacked, and particularly mostly by uh, people of uh, black who are black Americans. Why? Why is that going on? Why? What causes this? What was the reasoning behind all this? Why, why is this happening to the Chinese American community? That's one question. And as far as Eric Adams is concerned, I support what Eric Adams is saying. I think he's in the right. But why are the Chinese American community being attacked? I, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Okay, why okay well, on? wait. Let, let's go back to your last point. You think Mr. Adams is correct here in this situation? Yeah, I feel that should be more diversity. I feel that. Okay, okay, but wait, but wait, but wait, feel- Jeremiah. I'm gonna, I'm going to quote Curtis Lewa's wife Nancy, who brought up a good point to me uh, via Twitter, and she basically said, "Well, Dominic." Um, when the coronation was going on, I didn't see Mr. Adams complaining. So why start complaining now? Same media core. I have no idea why he didn't mention it. Maybe maybe it, it, it was inappropriate. Maybe it wasn't the time for, for him to mention it. I don't know. It, you have to ask him that question. Why didn't he mm-hmm. mention it? And, and, as far, and as far, see, there, there are a lot of things that has to change, folks. So COVID... Uh, besides our health, did a lot of damage. So now City Hall invites certain news organizations to physically cover events. Do you understand how dangerous that is? Where a mayor, in essence, is controlling to a degree which news organizations can cover him. That is extremely dangerous.
no mayor or president, for that matter, should have that type of power. It's dangerous. So Jeremiah asked, and I thank you for the call, Jeremiah. You asked um, why are African-American, I think you said men, uh, attacking Asian-Americans. I wish that I had the answer to that. I, I wish that I could wave a magic wand and, and, and make it stop and make it stop. As a person of color, it is embarrassing what is going on. And the discipline, I credit the Asian American community, the discipline that they're showing. They know that overwhelmingly it's black men that are attacking them. But yet, they're showing discipline and they're not lashing out at the black community. They're keeping it on the issue of crime. So I, I, I wish, I, I really do wish that that I, I could answer that. I mean, I, I don't know if it's because uh, some of these individuals that need mental health services, if they feel that because uh, Asian Americans are generally considered to be quiet, that they're easy prey. I I don't know. I don't know. I I have I have no idea. But it pains me tremendously that this is happening. And it's part of the reason why I say I have zero sympathy for these suspects. Zero. Lock them up. Put them in Rikers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you in a week or two. We'll we'll see how you like Rikers. Don't don't tell me about your civil rights. I don't want to hear it. Rikers. On the first bus smoking. Rikers. That's the only way you're gonna stop all these smashing grabs and everything else, everything else that's going on. I see we have a lot of calls. I'm gonna go to Jennifer in Boston, Jacqueline in Brooklyn. We're gonna do all of that. After we come back from this break, stay with us. Talk Radio 77 WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. And we are going back to your telephone calls in a second. I'm going to start with David in Los Angeles, Jennifer in Boston, Jacqueline in Brooklyn. But first... I don't understand why this has to be this way. I mentioned this at the top of the show, the stabbing of more than 40 times in her own apartment of Christina Yuna Lee and the makeshift memorial outside the apartment building has been vandalized. It was set up in front of the building uh, where she was stabbed to death over the weekend, of course, featuring things like flowers, candles, and signs against Asian, anti-Asian hate. And some of those signs were found destroyed. Why? Why? I I don't understand, folks. I I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I've lived in uh, this city all my life, and I just, I, I don't understand why sometimes some of us hate others. Let's uh, go back to the telephone calls. And, of course, coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. Frank will join me and a about 10 minutes to tell us what's coming up on his show and also to uh, uh, take some calls with me. David in Los Angeles, good morning. What's on your mind? Two points regarding Eric Adams' comment that you played earlier. First of all, he says, gee, I want more black people in the editorial positions. That's to say that all black people just think the same and are going to go along with him. What if the black people is Dominic Carter, Bo Snerdly, Leo Terrell, Candace Owen, Officer Tatum, Harris Faulkner. Well, then he's not going to like him so much. Okay, now, secondly, it is the journalist's job and media to critique and hold politicians accountable. So through this, Eric Adams comes out and says, gee, I'm Eric Adams. Eric Adams is doing a great job of mayor so far. 
and the media is not reflecting that. So you know what? I'm not going to take any more questions. I'm going to say what I have to say and bounce. Wow. Wow, that is like communism. Uh, you're not saying it the way I want you to, so now you're not going to get any rights. It's just well, wrong, bro. Well, okay, and, and I, I, I hear you. I hear you, David, but let me just make one small correction that is important to this story. So we of the fourth estate have screwed up so badly that we permit politicians to dictate the terms. So what has happened, and and, and de Blasio was a master at this. He didn't want to answer questions, so he say only on topic questions so the topic may be why he's such a great mayor (laughs) and that's the only thing that you can ask him about and if you dare branch off you're scolded the press secretary has a heart attack and on and on and on and so Adams didn't say that he wouldn't take questions what he said was if you keep this up that I'm not going to take off-topic questions. So meaning that it's it's a um, it's a bonus, a plus when you have a mayor. So like an Ed Koch, for example, you could walk up to him with a microphone and ask him anything, just like Giuliani, anything, and they're going to respond. So Adams is saying if if the press coverage, if it wasn't fair, that he would stop that he wouldn't stop talking, that he would stop doing the uh, impromptu comments on general topics. So that's, I just want to be fair in pointing out exactly uh, what uh, the uh, the mayor uh, was articulating. But it's still, David, no matter, and thank you for the call, no matter how you slice this, it was a big mistake on his part. Jennifer in Boston, our friend up in Boston, good morning. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic. Um, I hope Doja is doing well, by the way. <laughs> I think Thank of you. you. Hey, I think of you in hey, the home. Yeah, I send a prayer to you. You know, you know, Jennifer, thank you for asking about my dog. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about him these days because he's so old, and he's so old that um, – that he can't make it down the stairs anymore or jump up in the car. You may have seen that television commercial where the dog is a puppy and it flies into the car. Well, Dolce is now at the age where we have to pick him up and he can't come down the stairs without yeah. tumbling and falling. And so that day is coming and, and you know, and you don't want to think about it, but, but thank no, you for asking about him. How old is he real quick? I think he's about 12, 13 dog years. Yeah, mine's 12 and a half, so I'm with you. Mine's losing his vision, bless him. And, uh, yeah, I, I know. I'm with you. But anyway, I think of you at night, and I send, I send a prayer for safe travel, and you get home to your sweet dog and your loving family. So real Thank quick, you. Sure, Thank you. I, I feel bad you have to drive so far. But in any event, I just wanted to say, um, oh, there's my dog. <laughs> uh, sorry, almost as if on cue. Sorry, I dropped something. Um, he's a good, pretty good watchdog. So um, sorry to hold you up. But uh, regarding some of the comments tonight on race and uh, Michael that spoke about these uh, segregated dorms and stuff, that's all true. And um, that is happening. And I find it, I remember the first time I heard that, I literally wept, Dominic. I thought about Martin Luther King, a man who, um, I might have mentioned this before, but my mother adored him, adored him. And I remember my mother crying when he was assassinated. And I, I just think he was a remarkable man in the dignity and self-restraint of the people that supported him. I just think it was such a, a powerful thing. And they did such good. And then you look at what's happening. And, and you look at, um, for instance, you talked about the uh, exam schools and things. That's happened here in Boston, too, and I consider that because they, they're talking about uh, people, you know, the more white students. Well, that ought to speak to the democratically run cities, because this is almost always where it happens, that don't want school vouchers, that don't want school choice, that teachers' unions run the mill, they could give a hoot about the kids, Dominic. And to me, that's, that is setting uh, kids up for low expectations going forward. Because even the medical school exams have now, the entrance tests have been lowered 
for blacks and I believe Hispanics. Something's so wrong with that, Dominic. I mean, I I I agree. I I agree. I agree. But 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 you know what, Jennifer? By me agreeing with you, I'm going to get one or two uh, emails telling me that I'm denouncing blacks simply because I agreed with you. And as a black person, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to say you're racist, you're wrong. But when a person is telling the truth and the truth is the truth, what do you do? Blacks Th- are that's where we are. They're just as capable as anybody else. Give them the opportunity when they're young to go to a good school so that they can thrive, use the brain, move forward in whatever they, way they'd like, just like you did. But they don't want to see the chance. Why don't Democrats want uh, black students and Hispanic students to have school vouchers in the inner city so they can go to a school that is good for them? Why? People want to think well, about that. Why are they lowering and- the exams? for uh, black students to get into medical school. They're just Well, that, that's easy to answer. And I, I, thank you, I thank you for the call, Jennifer, because I do need to move on. But it's because of the close, close relationship between Democrats and the teachers' union, and the teachers' union don't want the competition. But, but I, I'm not knocking teachers. I'm really not, because teachers saved my life. So don't think that I'm attacking the UFT or... I mean, they, they need they need union representative like everybody representation like everybody else. I'm just trying to move fast, folks. Um, um, what I'm going to do right now is bring in my my colleague right here, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, Frank. Good morning, Dominic. It's great to t- uh, talk to you, and uh, it was great to hear you filling in for Mayor Giuliani yesterday. You sounded great. I uh, happen to be in the car, listened to just about the whole show. Well, thank you. Thank you. And it's always an honor and a privilege to uh, listen to you. What do you have coming up this morning? Well, we have an unusual number of guests today. And uh, I know everything about my program is usually synonymous with uh, the word unusual. Uh, Today, that happens to be the volume of guests. Uh, Last week, I spent some time talking about this controversy involving the singer Adele because she was Mm -hmm. at an awards show and she said that she was very proud to be a woman. And lo and behold, she was uh, criticized by all sorts of transgender people online, that she was uh, being dismissive of transgender folks. Well, there's there's a a, a journalist and a teacher named Debbie Hayton, who is actually a transgender woman. And she wrote a column in The Spectator in defense of Adele. She's going to join me. She'll tell me why. I'm going to be joined in studio by a recording artist named St. Nicole uh, to talk about how the world of social media has changed music and how the pandemic world has changed music. There's a reporter. We're going to go live to Japan. There's a reporter for Vice News based in Japan named Hanako Montgomery, who's discovered this this tiny little town in Japan that is obsessed with UFOs, and they have museums, they have artifacts, they have all sorts of stuff. And she did this deep dive for Vice on this tiny town in Japan. We're going to get into that. Uh, it's Thursday, so we're going to do the AC report. And it looks like we're closer, uh, depending on which reports you believe, to Russia going to war with Ukraine. Uh, we're going to talk with a Russian spy turned entrepreneur and fashion blogger named Aliyah Rosa. So we're going to cover... Oh, and by the way, it was it's the one-year anniversary of the passing of uh, Rush Limbaugh, and uh, we're going to talk about his impact on this radio station and on the world of talk radio in general. So we've got a lot to cover for the next four hours. I, I look forward to it. I'm about to go to Jacqueline in Brooklyn, but, but Mr. Morano, I've got a bone to pick with you. I'm ready. You you kept me up last night. That was a phenomenal interview that you did with uh, Senator Santorum, I believe it was. It was well, thank you. I appreciate it. I thought he raised uh, some interesting points, and uh, I have uh, a number of other questions that we didn't get to go into uh, regarding the idea of a new constitutional convention. So I'm looking forward to having him back in the next week or two. Well, he, he was really good with you, and uh, it was interesting. You know, I've been to Wyoming a couple of times uh, speaking and he was there uh, uh, when he did the interview with you. So it was really a uh, a great interview. Let's go back to the telephone calls, Frank. Let's start with Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jacqueline. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. 
Good morning, Dominic and Frank. Morning. Um, if I can, a couple of quick points, one regarding um, Eric Adams, another regarding the crime, and also regarding the rampant theft. Uh, but first, also, um, mega dittos, as uh, Jennifer just mentioned, prayers for Dolce and for you and for your family. Thank you. I hope everything will go well. Um, and I'd like to say, those of us who didn't vote for Mr. Adams knew the type of mayor that he would be. Everyone said, give him a chance. It's been 47 days. Uh, I know I've lost count. I don't know if you have uh, a running count of the number of murders of not only police officers, but also civilians in those 47 days. Um, but pretty much, we've got Emperor de Blasio 2.0 all over again. And unfortunately, because of those who did vote for him, the rest of us are now stuck with him. And as far as the crime goes, not only in New York City, New York State, but other cities and states throughout the country, in my opinion, I've shared this with you before, Dominic, until we all unite and protest for the qualified immunity of politicians, all politicians, right across the board, starting with mayors, governors, council members, Congress people, senators, judges, and state legislatures, they have to have their qualified immunity revoked so that when innocent mm. people are attacked and murdered by these barbaric, savage monsters, well, their families can turn around and sue them civilly and well, collect I, financially. Jacqueline, I have to step in because we, we're running out of time. But, but I agree with you. I agree with the point you just made. But good luck with that. Politicians are never going to put themselves on the hook uh, legally for what may occur Let's go to Sean, Frank, in uh, Brooklyn. Good morning, Sean. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. I'm going to keep it real, and I'm going to make it quick. And just let me finish my points. Okay, but we've got a minute left to the show, so you got to get to it. I'll make it quick. This murder of this beautiful Asian woman, and then, oh, Eric Adams will say, the system failed, the, the criminal he's talking about. Oh, the system. No, the system created this punk kid. And I'll tell you why. Because 26 years, whatever he, whatever he was born, his mother got a paycheck, okay? Got a paycheck to have the baby. He grew up with no supervision, and he turned to criminal life because he okay, had no... Well, well, wait, well, Sean, Sean, wait, 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 Sean. You can't make a broad statement like that, that you know that she got a paycheck. You don't know that for sure. talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking you, about? You she just said the mother got a paycheck when he was born. I'm making a point. The kid was on welfare from the get-go. That's okay? my point. How did Sean? How do you know that? Oh, go okay, Sean. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the call. I don't like to deal with assumptions, folks. You cannot assume. You may be correct, but we can't make that type of assumption. It's not fair. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You want to keep it right there. My man, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight is starting right now, right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC.